0: Perspective, teaching, conversation This is Isaiah 61 Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses And how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 From Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis Pastor Joe Sutton
1: Hey, good afternoon everyone This is Pastor Joe Sutton uh, From Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis Uh, Our program, Isaiah 61 is uh just here to do and just once again we just want to share with you what's what's going on in in our in our cities and and uh bringing you different ministries and different people who are making an impact for the kingdom in our urban areas you know a lot of times and especially during these times this last since the weather's been warm uh you know people in Minneapolis and St. Paul are, are asking the question you know what can be done you know you know what can be done we hear about the shootings. We hear about the things that are going on. And and, and it catches us off guard and catches out of perspective because wintertime here in Minnesota is such a natural neutralizer. You know, there's not much going on. You don't, you don't read about crime. And then all of a sudden when it gets warm, you get this influx. And I think there's been uh, over 100 people that have been shot in uh, the metro area uh, so far in these first four months. And, uh, you know, in just couple last couple of weekends really – been bad and, you know, i i live in north minneapolis i love north minneapolis um and you know i hear the sirens you know i hear the sirens all times of night just flying past and you know you say a prayer you, you go out and you you try to do what you can do but you know i just want you to be encouraged that uh that you know god has his god has his soldiers on the ground There there are people out there you know sometimes we look at it as a matter of perspective minneapolis uh is better than most cities but you know uh if we do not be about our father's business then we won't see uh an improvement we will see a further uh lessening you know of 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 discipline and morals and uh and the impact of the kingdom in our communities you know it it boils down to this you know which is something that that I, i always saw is that sometimes in in our Christian circles and in our Christian churches, we set ourselves up sometimes as as isolationists. You know, Jesus gave a command for us to go, to go, to go and teach people, you know what I mean, to teach them. If they're not living right or don't know how to live, then they need to be taught. And, and the ones that need to do the teaching is the church. You know, when we look at some of our fine Christian institutions of higher learning, they all started out. Producing teachers and preachers and then along the way we get comfortable and uh, though we may not say we follow a believe in a prosperity doctrine, we definitely live like we believe in a prosperity doctrine because even when it comes to our children, we're always pointing them toward the careers that will make them be more financially settled, financially blessed, financially equipped and not necessarily pointing them toward the careers that goes along with God's purpose in their life. You know, I was in Israel one time and, and, uh, I do what I normally do. I sneak away and I was walking around and, and I, uh, it's not hard to tell in uh, Israel that this six two, uh, 300 pound black man is from America. So I heard somebody call out and said, friend, friend. And I turned and as this guy, he's a yeshiva student. And, uh, he said, I know you're from America. And I said, oh, yeah, I wonder why. You know, He starts laughing. I laugh, and we get to talking about different things, what brought me to the land, uh, what got me there. And I told him, I said, it's, you know, it's my, my love for Yeshua that brought me to the land and just wanting to see and walk where he walked. And so we got to talking, and he was studying to be a rabbi. And he said, uh, but my parents don't understand. My mother wants me to work for my uncle as a stockbroker, you know, where I can make six figures or choose a career. She said, you know, people are just going to abuse me and talk about me as a rabbi, not pay me anything, you know, worry me to my grave. And uh, she just wants me to be secure. I said, well, welcome to the club. I said, my family doesn't understand what I do and the reason why I choose to live where I live and the reason why I choose to work where I work. And so we had a great conversation, you know, just just talking about, uh, following the call of, of, of God, the call of your heart, the thing that's been placed on you from for you before you were even born, while you were being formed in your mother's womb, as opposed to doing what's best in the eyes of society. And where at one point in time Christian colleges were churning out all the teachers, then you never had to worry about whether praying school was right because all the teachers prayed. You know, all the principals prayed. My mother uh, the school was located in the church. Uh, she was was <laughs> located in the church and, and they, they went to the church every day and one room schoolhouse, house and, and, um, and it produced some great people, you know what I mean? But it was always associated with the church and you knew how you had to act and how you need to go. Then we reached this point where we turned over the teaching to those who don't know him. And now we wonder why we have what we have, but it's not so much that we can blame the world because at least sinners do what they're supposed to do they sin and we can't keep pointing fingers at sinners and say they're wrong for sinning cuz they're doing what they're supposed to do the the other four fingers point back at us as believers that we're not teaching and we were the ones that have been called to teach we're the ones that teach the the, the sanctity of life we're the ones that teach what's going on and and so we have to ask ourselves what am i doing you know what i mean what am I doing in, 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 in my life, in my community, in my church, to, to, to teach someone the same things that God has taught me. And then that will slow half of us up because a lot of us don't really allow God to teach us. And, or we allow the agents of God to teach us because, you know, we, we may come to service, but you know, we avoid Bible study. We avoid prayer, you know we avoid uh, taking that extra class or two here and there, and uh, and it's there so we can't teach anybody nothing that we haven't been taught. But you know my 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 plea and cry is back to this: is that that in order for us to look at in in, in, my, in my case in my neighborhood that we're thinking about the young men who being shot and who or, or doing a shooting and end up in prison, and therefore you know that it just decimates our male population. But at the same time our female population gets decimated because they're the ones who are, who are, who are, who are dating these guys or living with these guys. And, and now they're left to raise a child, usually a male child by themselves at a young age, you know, going out and about, not really thinking, uh, leading them in the footsteps of their father. And so therefore we have generations just being lost because really they're just doing what sinners do. they, Sin, and it's only when someone righteous comes in and and teaches them. You know, I, I just love that that little exchange in Romans, and you know, how can they know unless someone teaches them, and how can they be taught unless someone someone is sent? You know what I mean? And so, what do we do? You know what I mean? Our, do we isolate ourselves and 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 look for uh, programming to keep our kids in a self shelter safe environment, or do we equip our kids? to go out there and be teachers of their generation as what needs to go on. You know, my uh, my son, you know, quoted me as he gave uh, the uh, address at graduation and uh, about what I always told my kids to do. And, uh, you know, I, I just told him you know, we, we impact. You know, that's just what we do. You know, we find somebody and take them with us. If we're on a sports team and a guy's struggling, jog with him. You know what I mean? You know, show them how to hit, show them how to throw, show them how to kick, show them whatever. Find somebody that you can share with, somebody that you can take with you on your journey. When you're in the classroom and someone struggling, hey, take them along with you. You know, you're in the lunchroom, somebody has no one to sit with, they're not, they don't have friends. Hey, take them along with you and introduce them to your friends. Take somebody with you. Don't just be satisfied with how you advance. Don't be satisfied of. The accolades and awards that you get Because it means nothing if you don't take anybody With you, I said if you're good You can take a lot of people with you And you know, and that's just something that 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 makes me proud As a dad, is to see That my Children are always Trying to take somebody with them Because they know the direction They're going in, and it does you Do you any good to walk that that Road alone So, you know, I'm my son had an opportunity he wanted to be a college football coach and he was coaching at a um, a, a division three school in illinois and and uh he had risen up the ranks and the coach was leaving to go to a d two school and wanted to take him with him and uh and he really thought about it and he thought about it hard and he called me on the phone and said "You know dad i'm not going to go i said but son that's your that's your dream he said dad you 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 sport me." I, and I said, I, "What I I'll spoil you." He said, "I can't stand no small college town. You know, when everybody leaves, it's dead, it's boring." He said, "I'd rather be a high school coach in a big urban city than to be a college coach in a little small town." He said, "Because I have to do something to impact the lives of uh, of urban young people." So he came back to Minneapolis and um, got in the school system. And, uh, in nice coaching and in the school system and both at the same time, and he feels good about it. So here I am, my other son, he's being recruited for football. You know, he's like top 20 wide receiver nation. He's going to all these different places looking for a place to go to school. And we go to this one school. I really love the school. And, uh, he looked at me he said, Dad, I said, what? He said, I can't go to this school. He said, What is it? There's nothing to do here. You know, he said, "It's." These guys just sit around, play video games and drink beer. He said, he said, I got to be in a city. <laughs> he said, I got to be. He said, Dad, you just raised us to be to be in the city. I got to be in a city. I'd rather go to a school that's in the city. You know, I can still play football, but I can still, you know, I can still help out, help young people and do stuff like that. And, you know, as, as a as a as a father, you know, what I mean, I'm like, oh, what's best for you, son? This the exposure is here. You know, what I mean, you know, you could be. One step closer, you know, to to uh, you know, maybe getting a look in the pros or something like that, or you can perfect your skills a little bit better here, you know. But as 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 a believer, you know, you know, I, I was I was happy, you know. I mean, I, I was just happy that 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 he under, that he understood uh, his father's heart, and that and that he understood the call that's that's on on our family, and I and, and so. I just challenge you like I challenge my church. It's like you know who who are you, who are you teaching? You know what I mean He said, Go you therefore, and teach all nations who are you teaching? you know who can look back and say of the days and the nights that you spent they, you spent time with someone and you walked them through and you taught them how to apply the scriptures to their finances, how to apply the scripture to their relationships, how to apply the scriptures to their to their family lord, how to apply the scriptures you know, to their education, and to their career, that you walked along with them and taught them how to walk this Christian walk and going on. We can't sit around here and be left behind, you know, because when I left behind, Jesus left us behind. He didn't take us to heaven when we got saved. He left us here in this context because he wants us to reach his lost sheep. He wants us to reach the children who had, had wandered away. He wants us to bring them back. He wants us to teach them. You know, what I mean, you know, conversion is fine. You know, what I mean, getting someone to say the sinner's prayer is fine. And dandy, but even after that, they still need to be taught in the ways of the Lord. They still need to be discipled. They still need to be mentored. They need someone to lean on. And and I think that's where we need to get to that point. And we are living in a day and age where, you know, male leadership is just not as existing as it was anymore. I mean, through through uh, people wanting to live during a while. Lifestyle and people wanting to, you know, end up getting divorces or whatever it may be, going to prison, jail, drugs, you know, that influence just wanes. You know, you know, it just it just wanes. I remember no matter how much we cut up in school, you know, all the teacher had to do is say, "Do I need to call Father Bar?" Right? Father Bar was the the main pastor of the church, and it was like Father Bar was like six eight, but when you only five two. 6'8 seems like, you know, Land of the Giants, man, and, and we called call Father Bar. and, man, we we were straightened up. I mean, we were your typical little bad little fifth and sixth grade boys, man. You know, we are play fighting and running around and throwing our bean salad around the classroom and making balls out of the aluminum foil to cover the lunches and playing basketball and all oh, just doing all the pillow fights with the pillows we supposed to be reading on. We just there, but once they said Father Barr, it was like, stop! Hit the brakes! Everybody, run into the seat! Don't want to see that man. You know, even though the nuns, the nuns, you know, uh, spanked us and took care of business way more than Father Bar did. I don't think Father Bar never did, hit anybody. He just looked at you, and he got there. But that's that male influence. Even with my nephews, and, and uh, with my nephews, it's like I've never had to discipline them. But when I step into a room, they just immediately just tense up because it's just that it's that it's that male that male leadership that comes along but now when you get to a point where you go two and three generations without that leadership and people don't really understand and it becomes more of a conflict and we have our young men out here just uh looking for excitement and looking for adventure in all the wrong places you know so how how do we rectify that how do we bring that to a head You know, I mean, I wish I knew all the answers, but I do know this: that God has people out there laboring in the vineyard. He's bringing up young people with vision. I have an opportunity to mentor some. Uh, You heard them on this show. You'll hear more of them on this show, this show as we go there. But I just want to just remind you: you're listening to Isaiah 61, uh, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church, and I'm uh, Pastor Joe Sutton. And as we come up on break time, take a break, and I just want you to uh, understand that, understand this: that the battle. Is already one, right? We just need to get out there and effectively pursue what God has called us to do. So listen up to the music and then we come back after the break and we'll talk about some ways to apply this in our everyday life. Thank you.
0: Recently, Barna Research ranked America's 100 most Bible minded cities. Where did we rank? Only number 67. Our communities need a Christian voice. Our communities need a mission. It is our goal at AM 980 The Mission to provide you with some of the best Bible teachers in the country, from Dr. John MacArthur on the West Coast to Alistair Begg out east, and everywhere in between, including our great local ministry. It's our mission to spread the good news of Jesus and strengthen the local church. We are AM 980 The Mission. The Twin Cities Christian voice. Here we go again in circles. think I heard it out. We've been never far. We need something more. Something more. Something more. What you said. I can't hear because you ain't so bad.
1: Hey, welcome back to Isaiah sixty one. And sometimes that's just how people feel, that we ain't talking about nothing. <laughs> uh, we're inviting people to church, and we're hoping that being sitting in the sanctuary will get the job done when, uh, you know, God has called us to get the job done. God has given us unique talents and abilities uh, to make sure things happen, that we can impact people's lives. You can impact people's lives far better than I can. You know what I mean? I, I'm going to tell you, there's no greater joy that I've ever experienced in my life than to uh, lead somebody to the Lord and and be able to pray with them, be able to acknowledge them, uh, to bring them into the kingdom. And uh, I used to think that was just the greatest thing in the world until I started watching people uh, fall off. Right. And then I realized it wasn't so much as that moment of prayer that what what it was, it was, it was how I spent time with them and how important was this experience to me and their lives, and that that I would that I would I would give them what they needed to survive. It's just almost like having children. You know, Paul put it in things of children. You have children. You just don't leave them there. You don't always leave them on milk. You don't do that. You you want them to grow. You get excited as they take those steps. Will they fall? Yes, they will fall. You know, I shared with somebody just last week that you know I understand that you know you're grown and you can make choices and you can choose to love God and you can choose not to love God. But I'm just gonna be honest with you. It hurts. It, it it hurts. It hurts me to see you in this state to see what it's doing to your family and to see what's happening, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm going to share this story before I go into the word and close the word. It's a story about me and being the first one saved in my family. It's hard to lead your parents to the Lord because they raised you and they, they nurtured you. And my mother was quick to tell me the reason why I was. And I now was good was because of the way she raised me. You know, it wasn't because of the power of God in my life, you know, and it was just we would go back and forth a lot of times. And, and uh, you know, finally, I, I was came to my mother and I said, I said, uh, Mom, do you You know, she had accepted the Lord, but she hadn't changed her ways. But because no one taught her, she came back uh, from Houston after accepting the Lord and she joined the church. But the church was just so happy that that she wanted to be in church that they net They no one ever worked with her to tell her about some issues in her lifestyle her that she'd been living with for 50 some years that needed to be changed It needed to walk through the scriptures need to be applied to her life uh she was even so hungry for things that she was <laughs> she was reading jehovah witness literature because they would at least come to the door every week and bring her some literature or give her a book or do something you know and if the christian community who has the truth wasn't even moving you know what i mean you got to go Literally beg some organizations to give you a Bible sometimes, and and so I I, I put my mother to the side and I said, "Mom, some things had to change." I said, "If you die today tomorrow, you will go to heaven." But some things had to change. I said, "I said, do you love your grandchildren?" She said, "She said, uh, yeah, I love my grandchildren." I said, "Well, you need to change your life then if you really love your grandchildren." She said, "What does that got to do with my grandchildren?" Then I pointed out to her in Exodus twenty, you know how it says in the Sins of one generation are carried to the third and fourth for those who don't love them. And I said, I said, my, every time you sin, I say, you open up a doorway for your children, your grandchildren, your great grandchildren. And I said, but if they love the Lord, this thing won't bother them. But if they don't love the Lord, then they're going to have to be bothered with these things. I said, you know, I said, so I said, you need to be a great example to them and point them in the way of the Lord. So these things that run in our family, you know, just don't manifest in this generation. And my mother looked at that and thought about it. And she started looking at, you know, her family and things that that had happened and things that was there. And she realized the most important thing she can do for her grandchildren was not buying them everything in Toys R Us, but was to point them to the cross that they can walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm saying the same thing to you today. The most important gift that you can give your children or your grandchildren, or your great-grandchildren, anything like that, is to walk and follow and obey the word of the Lord, but not just be satisfied with that. You know, the scriptures make it clear, given it shall be given unto you. Right. And so you need to go out there also and rescue another family, because as you give, you know, right. It's going to be given unto you. Someone's going to look out for yours. I say that with all emphatic truth that, you know, the community I live in has, has never, ever hurt me or my children. You know, what I mean, they've always looked out for me and my children because they know I'm a giver. They know I give to them. I pray for them. I obey them. And I just want to leave you with this in Matthew 25. Uh, it's around uh, verse 14, the parable of the bags of gold. And it basically just takes the same thing with the talents, you know, where one had five, one had two, one had one. And 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 um, when the master came back and gave an account, you know, the one who had five bags of gold brought Another five. He said, master, you gave me five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. Master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. He also said the same thing to the man with two. But with the man with one came along and didn't have nothing to show for. But the original bag of gold, you know, the master (laughs) was upset. Even though he got his gold back, he he said, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I. Harvest where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered. seed. well, then you should have put my money on deposit with bankers, so that when I return, I at least would have had some interest. So he took that bag of gold from that person and gave it to the one with ten. And I say this to this: God has given every one of us talents and abilities. Some of us have the ability to reach five people. Some of us have the ability to reach a thousand people. Some of us have the ability to reach one person. Yeah, you know I mean, but there's somebody out there that we can reach, that only we can reach. Right. And if we don't do that, if we bury that talent, if we bury that gift, if we spend our days uh, watching ESPN and Netflix and, you know, and, and doing things like that, and we don't go out there and reach those that we've been called to reach, you know what I mean? But then try to think that you hire someone like a pastor or an evangelist to come in and do your work for you. It's not to be so. It's on you It's it was give us given to you. You know, I understand my gifting. I'm an urbanite. I live in urban areas. I talk to urban people. Some people like me, some people don't. Not my problem. That's just how it's always going to be in life, is, you know, there. You know what I mean? But I know who I'm called to reach, and that's who I'm reaching. But are you reaching who you're called to reach? Are you teaching anybody? When you stand before God, can He say, Well done? He's not going to say, Well done because your church had this. He's not going to say, Well done because how much money you gave. He's not going to say, Well done because. You took the past on a vacation or something like that, a game of timeshare. Now, I mean, he's going to say, well done, based upon the fact that you did what he called you to do. And he said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, all ethnos, right? Leave your racism, sexism, ismism somewhere else. Let's go. Right. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Teach somebody how to live this Christian life. Don't complain about how this world is unless you in turn do something about it. God bless you. Take care.